as a passing comment sometimes saying to my mom what I, I, I would be so interested in how like how art is actually healing and I wanted to know more about the mechanics of it like how does it how is it actually healing what does it do to our minds our bodies and our well-being welcome to the creative chats podcast with mike Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artist makers and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, and you can check out some of my work on my website, which is mikebrennan.me. I'd love to extend an opportunity for you to join us in our free Facebook group, which is called Daily Creative Habit. It's for any creative who wants to show up more consistently for their creativity and craft. Go to dailycreativehabit.com and join the group today. Also, I want to let you know about a, for lack of a better word, challenge that is going on right now. Uh, I am hosting over on Instagram, and it is called Creative Mental Health Mondays. I'm simply extending the opportunity to anyone who wants to create anything, really, that is centered around the themes of mental health, so depression, anxiety, burnout, etc., and Post that work on Instagram, tag me at Mike Bone, and use the hashtag CMHM, and then you will be able to just join in the conversation that we're trying to have over there, bringing awareness about some mental health issues, specifically for creatives, because so many times I've had conversations over the past year with fellow creative people who have said, you know, I've been isolated, I'm experiencing higher anxiety, I'm experiencing a lot of depression, and yet I still need to perform creatively. And so living in that tension, I feel even more alone. And when we start to have these conversations and bring some more awareness, people realize, you know what? There are more people experiencing this right now than ever before, I think. And so um, just to make some people feel seen and heard, to facilitate some conversations and hopefully encourage people to take some next steps in the health of their own mental health. So... Head over to Instagram, join in the Creative Mental Health Mondays Challenge, and I look forward to the things that you may create and lend to the conversation. For this episode, I am joined by Maria Richters. And Maria is really fascinating because we have this conversation about how you know, she pursued creativity, but it wasn't exactly at the bullseye. And so this idea of kind of this adjacent creative endeavor, this creative path that's not quite true to who we are and the expression that we really can step into and own. And so we talk about kind of what happens when that's our experience and the importance of listening to that voice inside of us that always beckons us to the thing that really is true about ourselves and the thing that we really need to step into as far as what we need to create and how we need to create and who we are as a creator. And then we also talk about art therapy and the role of art therapy in just processing through some mental health and trauma and just how that can do things that isn't really 
about the end product, but really is about the help that it brings. And so I'm excited to have this conversation today with Maria because uh, it's not something I've touched on yet. And in this series of talking about creativity and mental health, I think this adds uh, a piece that may be really helpful for some people who are listening today who are thinking, you know, I know that I need to do something more and add some other practice to make sure that I'm maintaining proper mental health. And um, this just might be something that you may want to look into as far as art therapy. So without further ado, here is my creative chat with Maria Richters. Well, Maria, welcome to the Creative Chats podcast. This is going to be a great episode, I can tell. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, you know, we connected on Instagram uh, and we've been kind of learning a little bit more about each other. And uh, I'm excited to have this conversation with you today to find out a little bit more about your story. I know some of our story overlaps and some of our areas of interest overlap. And so we'll get into all that. Before we get too far, though, why don't you just tell the listeners who you are and what you do? Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation, actually, the other day. Um, it's been so inspiring, so I'm really excited to be here. My um, A little bit about background from me. So I, I was born and raised in Germany, in Hamburg, until I was 11. And then my mom, she took me over to Spain with her, and we lived there, and she still lives there. Um, but I lived there for seven years, so I spent my teenage years in Spain, actually, and um, going to an English school, so I feel like the international, you know, side like of me has started since then. I feel um, not proper German, not proper Spanish, and not proper English because later I moved to uh, the UK as I was already in an English system. Let's say um, I moved to the UK um, to continue my my school there because um, in Spain. You know, I was lacking a little bit of focus, obviously, later in life. Now I realize that that's had to do a lot with ADHD and so, but I wasn't aware of that. But I was lacking focus and interest. And so my my grades were just <laughs> disappearing into, yeah. into nothing. And um, that school was um, in, in the UK was a, um, a boarding school. And it kind of saved me to, to bring back my focus and, and also do what I loved, and that was art. So there was a huge art department there and they really supported the creatives. Generally, they had a huge theater department, art department, media department. So it was very much a creative school and um, and they really, yeah, helped you to flourish with that. So I created a big portfolio and um, applied to foundation school because I, I didn't really have an idea what I wanted to do creatively. I knew it had something to do with creativity. That's all I was able to say. Um, Apart from having a vision of doing something, you know, that could inspire people as well. I also didn't know what that was, but um, that was sort of the two things. So I did um, apply to a um, a foundation course in Kingston University in the UK. And that was like a year where you could like tap into or dabble within like a little bit of moving image and um, illustration, obviously fine art and uh, fashion. And... um, Funnily enough, when I when I came into fashion, I was like, oh, that's exciting. It's something new, you know, like and then all of this came in. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be an artist. Like my teacher at school always told me uh, to apply to arts, uh, art university um, 
And to be honest, that was like the thing that was most natural and, and most confident in terms of like, you know, what I was doing, I was always drawing. But, um, but then I, I just, out of the blue, decided fashion, not that I had anything to do with it, <laughs> like at all. Like, to be honest, in, in Spain, um, you know, I was um, in a community that was, let's say a hippie community, lots of sannyasins there. Like it was very much of a, you know, you had a green field uh, that we lived, we had a house and like everything around was just green and fields. And then our neighbors, distant neighbors might be some, I, I would say hippies now, because you could imagine like very connected to 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 nature and, 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 and um, you know, having markets where they sell their artwork and, uh, and then we might have some psychedelic parties <laughs> it's just been really um a completely different world to my life in germany where everything was um yeah wasn't that nature really we also had a garden and stuff but it was quite a contrast to the family that i grew up in um to to living there because my family um i'm going off tangents now i hope that's okay it's just <laughs> sure. <bring> the background. <laughs> um <laughs> So and my my grandma and my granddad they they were ship um, builders, and uh, and yeah so they there was a lot was about in that time zone as well time back then it was a lot about reputation and about connections and somehow you know that was a more of like a luxury kind of living. And my mom she was more alternative so she kind of like turned away a little bit from that uh, more directed at like what's the purpose of life and love and connection and connecting to nature and then almost like try to separate herself from that. So then that's how we ended up in definitely in nature <laughs> away from a little bit of the superficial kind of way of, of living and etiquette, whatever, nothing, not that there's anything wrong with it. Right. But, but yeah, I think like she was missing that. Um, yeah. The, the soul side mm -hmm. of living. And yeah, so um, I, I grew obviously growing up in Spain. There, my fashion was quite kind of hippie-ish. I had no understanding of um, fashion in that sense of like what's trendy or you know. But I had a desire for it anyways to learn something new, and um, and I thought some some background thoughts about yeah maybe one day then if time is hard I might as well you know be able to sew some clothes and sell those that will always be something I could fall back on yeah um but also I said to myself yeah it's a it's a new canvas so I can create art on on clothes and that's super cool and I guess I was also excited to just learn a new skill that I didn't have before and I almost down talked a little bit the art I was like yeah it's not really mm -hmm. what is it it's only me having a brush in my hand and like but but it's not really anything that I could nothing substantial nothing tangible yeah, sometimes it doesn't seem practical, right? You know, it's it's the path yeah. of like, well, you know, it would be nice or it would be, you know, I mean, the select few kind of make it in that, but it's it's then that thought steers you in a different direction, I'm sure. For sure. So obviously that's, that was also um, insecurities and, and not being connected to who I was completely. Um, yeah, and I was almost like, I guess, uh, bouncing away from, from who I was, but I had no clue who I was. So anyway, I, I then studied fashion and after a while of studying fashion in between, I was dealing with issues with addictions. It was um, a period that as well, you know, relationship stuff and uh, that 
life sort of, sort of felt like it was crumbling, but it all had to do with me just drifting further away from almost drifting further away from, from knowing who I was, but also that became so extreme that it forced me to have a look at who am I and what do I need and, 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 and so on. So, but to cut the story short, this led me on to then eventually after coming out of a darker period to um, yeah, question myself, do I want to keep running away and hiding and doing things uh, like, yeah, obviously um, addictions and so, or do I want to live a love-filled life? And then those questions led me to creativity. They led me to, back to art, to what I truly want to do. Stop kidding myself with which stylist I need to impress next because it really didn't interest me. And it was just, yeah, not aligning. Um, and there's nothing wrong with fashion because the only problem that why it wasn't aligning was because it was my truth. Mm -hmm. So if it was my truth, then yeah, I probably would still be doing fashion right now. Um, but because it wasn't, um, I then, yeah, was asking myself those questions. What do I really want to do? And it was always working with people as well. And it was art. And that's when I found, um, yeah, my path in art therapy, started art therapy and um, also um, done a coaching course, which was um, yeah, leading me to start to work with artists, um, artists on, um, well, one with people who want to embark on a, on a life that's creative themselves and find themselves and all of that, um, connecting to their purpose. And, and the art therapy side um, part of it was very much, you know, I was able, able to, um, yeah, process trauma as well and um to process all these emotions that we're having and to look beyond that because they can get so intense uh, art can do magic in art therapy art can do magic it's incredible it's really been wonderful to get to know that yeah and um and yeah and later it's kind of like working with artists as well on, on setting up this for their life and finding how to implement the art on a daily basis and it's funny because then the, the more I work with artists and, and on that, um, in that field, the more I found back to my own art. It was funny because mm -hmm. it almost went back to the front. Um, so the more I was creating art and the more I feel I have almost become my, more myself. And obviously it's still always a journey. But yeah, that's how I've, I've come to my own art practice here. At the moment, I'm sitting in my... My studio, I would say, is an art therapy studio, but at the moment it's full of canvases of my own art. And um, and yeah, so so this is <laughs> a long introduction to what I do. But um, yeah, I do art therapy, coaching and um, art. I host art nights. Um, just had my 50th art night event um, in the last half a year. So that feels quite a lot, but it's, it's what I really enjoy and just yeah. working with people and, and seeing them uh, connecting a purpose. That's, uh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, there are a couple of things I want to highlight in, in some of the things that you said. Um, one, you know, I think it, it's easy when you're in your own journey to get lost and think, especially if you're feeling like things aren't looking like what you either expected them to look like or want them to look like. Uh, and I think there's a, there's always a certain amount of we're always reaching for something that we haven't arrived at yet. Right. Um, but in terms of like your choice for fashion and you, you said it was kind of like, it wasn't a true 
version of yourself for you to pursue that path. Um, I think that there's a lot of creative people who end up in something that I call a kind of the creatively adjacent fields, um, which is, you know, it, it's, well, it's still creativity, but it's not quite spot on to the thing that you really love. And there's something usually blocking you from truly pursuing the thing that you feel like you would love because maybe it's practicality, uh, maybe it's just your own self-talk. And so you kind of, you know, quote, settle for what's adjacent to the thing that you actually love. And somehow you think that that's going to bring some uh, satisfaction, some soothing, right? Um, what would you suggest for someone who maybe is right now waking up to the fact that they actually have settled for that creatively adjacent place? Um, how could they start to move towards the thing that maybe they really do love to do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so for, I think like for me personally, actually that moment when I woke up to it, it almost was like a moment that in hindsight, obviously it was too late, but it, it, it wasn't because obviously, you know, that's the moment that I woke up to it. So yeah. how can I feel bad about how it happened? So I'm grateful for it, but in some way it happened because my um, my stepdad at the time he had a longer uh, period of um, dementia and too young in my eyes to to obviously pass away. Um, but obviously he was in Spain and I was still in in the UK. And I guess like if I didn't uh, have this whole like fashion stuff and all these fabrics and stuff that I didn't weren't weren't really interested in, I felt it because I was slightly depressed, I would say, and very dried up, then um, I probably would have spent more time in Spain. This is obviously in hindsight, in that moment I didn't realize, but I realized all of this, like how I was wasting my time, um, wasting in that sense, to that encouraged me to really change and finally do what actually my soul was trying to get me to do for quite a while, kept knocking, and I, I, I did hear it, I was like, but no, no, I don't want to hear this. Mm. So, um, when when the time came that he you know, was about to move on to the next level, let's say, um, I I, find, I made it just on time because it was important to me to be there. And the moment he passed, like for me, it was an intense moment of actually hearing his voice and hearing feeling his energy, really giving me that that just that fresh breath of letting go all of that what held me in in fashion and all these. Mm -hmm lies I was telling myself they all frizzled away all of a sudden I was like yeah this is I have to do this now and that was just my truth so like when somebody is, might be going through this right now I would just um you know consider asking yourself like the question of if you continue doing this any longer like how might that affect your life like how would things continue and perhaps even thinking about you know how would you what would you do if you didn't feel uh, a need to hold on to this? Like, what is it actually giving you? What is it holding you back from? I think it takes sometimes some questioning that you know, might sometimes you might not get a, a straight answer straight away. Sometimes it might just have to be like looking at what, what is going on within me? Because there might be so much going on that you might not know what it is. It might be a, a situation you know, it might be a, a past relationship situation that might, you know, still be 
in some way, I don't know, a reason of why you're making certain choices or not making certain choices today. Um, so I think definitely questioning yourself and finding your answers is so important. I wouldn't know what would be the exact right thing for you to do. Questioning, I think, is, is the number one. For me, I felt like in hindsight, as I said, I wish I had um, almost seen the, the detriment or the consequences of that before. Like I was able to see it because, um, yeah, because obviously I've, I've seen it then and that's fine. But um, if, I, if I understood truly like, like what I was doing by pushing away my intuition, because it came up, it came up over a year or mm -hmm. two. Yeah. Um, and it said to me, look, are you sure that this is actually what you want to do? I mean, it doesn't align to your lifestyle here. It doesn't make you happy. Uh, you, you know, uh, you are concerned with stuff that, that doesn't actually interest you. The, who are the people around you? Um, I mean, even that's like, if things really don't align, then you can even see that in your surrounding, the people that you have around you, the conversations you have around you. I mean, for me, it was very important. So what is important to you? Uh, what is actually really important to you? Because I knew for me, it was important health and um, like invigorating deep conversations um, and healthy lifestyle and spending time with the people I love. And I didn't do any of those. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, it's interesting to, yeah, I guess like what might have been helpful is to have somebody to ask me those questions. So, you know, how, how is the, the values that you have, how are they actually aligning to, to how you're living Yeah, and, uh, and maybe get real with yourself. I think, you know, there's a fear clearly there that you know, ooh, for me, it was like, wow, I spent five years in university, three, three, it was supposed to be. Uh, it got a five because I had to repeat a couple of times because I was in a mess back then. So I invested so much energy. I finally made it. Okay. Then I spent so much money in, in, in the fabrics and all of that, that stuff. Uh, I invested so much in the brands and blah, 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 blah. And it's many years later, I'm like, now I'm going to be almost 30. That was then. <laughs> um, how can I change this? Like I invested. How I didn't trust in that there would be a better version for me that there would that on the other side of that that there's actually st still more than opportunities uh, better opportunities that are more aligned with me I didn't really trust that properly so that's why it took two years until yeah until that moment with my stepdad which kind of was like the reality check moment so it doesn't have to get to a reality check moment and I think like you can avoid that by asking yourself those questions um, by talking about it really and um and finding a way of you know if we have the thoughts come into our minds telling us you can't do this it's too late it's all of that i think that's already knowing that those thoughts they they're never based in truth they are our ego talking and they are the, the side within us the let's say the only opponent we truly have i mean yes of course there's outside opponents but but really like how we deal with things is really because of our inner opponent, the, the voice that tells you, you can't do this and it's too late that mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's not, it's not true. <laughs> and I, I, you know, having gone through that and changed my life from that moment on where one moment before it was still the other version and a moment later, oh, my life changed within a split second, you know, because time is, um, 
it's like quantum leaping. <laughs> it yeah. just bends. All of a sudden, it's a different reality. And then you resonate with it. And everything um, comes to you even easier and better. And yeah, just, just the experience of life was so much more beautiful. So Yeah. I think it's easy to feel like you're behind and not where you're supposed to be. And that there's a lot of lost time, experiences, um, wasted energy, et cetera. But in my experience, the better thought is that stuff is preparing you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there are things that you went through, even in pursuing fashion, that trained you. And maybe you're not necessarily using some of the the heart, you know, the skills that you learned in designing, you know, for fashion. But there might be other things that you've learned and perhaps things that made you become who you need to be for this part of your life. And so I think it's finding threads of hope and redemption in even the places where you're like, I don't really know what to do with this. This kind of seemed like it went sideways or I don't, you know, (laughs) Um, you know, at least from my own experiences, that's how I've been able to really take those places in my past and go, yeah. It may seem like the piece of the puzzle that doesn't really fit, but in light of what's happening now, everything has a place and it was all leading someplace and where that someplace is, is currently right now today, right? Um, I'd love to ask you now about the the mental health side of things, right? The art therapy side of things. Um, what was the the thing that that made you go okay this is something that i absolutely have to do i mean was it did it start with a personal interests and knowing how creativity and and you know and having to deal with like you said before addictions and, and mental health issues personally is that the thing that drove you to say i want to be able to help other people in this space mm, yeah so um it was definitely coming from the place i i really want to work with people I want to um you know like I always had this desire to to work with people and and have those deeper conversations and got a lot of joy um yeah and satisfaction actually from having those conversations with people and seeing when when things are actually changing for them for the better in that conversation so um it's I knew that it had to do with people and the art thing was something yes because also creativity was like a healer for me in that time from addictions because yes it, it it had a huge impact but I was also super interested like always said it like over many years I, I think as a passing comment sometimes saying to my mom what I, I, I would be so interested in how like how art is actually healing and I wanted to know more about the mechanics of it like how does it how is it actually healing what does it do to our minds our bodies and our well-being um, I wanted to learn more about it. So I always had that interest. So when the time came where I had to find, or I, no, I got to find, I was able to find like what I truly, truly wanted to do. I knew it had to combine the two because both of the things were truly me. Like, and I, I didn't want to, I know it's not waste, <laughs> but I didn't want to spend more time doing the things that were not my complete truth. So that's how I found. Um, art therapy but then it was also uh yeah the, the search of what's the what's what is the school or the, the the teachings of art therapy that really resonate with me and I looked everywhere like in the UK but also then in Germany because I was thinking about um 
moving to Germany, which I'm still here now. That was because of that change. And, um, and in Hamburg, I found a, a place uh, that, that really resonated with me, like in the, in the writing and everything, which really answered some of the questions that I've had about well, how does art really impact uh, our well-being mentally, physically? What does it do? Um, and was very practical rather than, um, you know, sometimes a very academic, you can mm -hmm. have very yeah. academic studies. But for me, the practical side of things was, um, yeah, something more resonating with me. And it, and it was that. But I still didn't get to know, like, how, how impactful and how crazy, like, in a good way, like, this, this art therapy method was until I had to... I, not had to but obviously I had to experience it myself to to understand like the the potential of it and the power of it um because obviously it can bring up a color looking at a color can bring up certain emotions in people and they might not know that that color was the reason why they're now all of a sudden emotional just like smells can bring up memories and stuff you know we have so much in our subconscious and hidden from us or you know um but it's still present so a color or a picture or something can bring that back up and, and present for you. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's been amazing. And uh, that's how I've gotten to art therapy with a genuine desire to help people in that sense with that. Can you share uh, like maybe just, I'm sure there's a lot of things that go into what it is that you do when you're, you're helping people with that, but just maybe, you know, one or two things that you've seen, specifically like the practical things you were just talking about that can be helpful for somebody who's trying to process through this as you're helping them through art therapy? Yes, uh, well, so the method I, I just explained to you is is definitely accompanied um, art therapy because sometimes people might think that, oh yeah, I can, you know, art therapy, we can obviously, art, art can be therapeutic at home, you can do it for yourself, but there's a power in actually accompanying the person who's painting. And, and that's a very important and one of the, main points of the importance of um, of the process of this particular art therapy and um, you know with this we we use if if it's in person it's on the wall and you put the paper there and then um, they they paint with the paint on the hands and on on the paper and some things that are uh, you know that I might be looking at is um, you know that making sure that they have good contact to the wall because like the more contact you have with the wall the better contact you have with yourself sometimes we might when when there's a topic that might not that might feel a little bit like you might be fearful of it you don't want to get close so much you can see that the hands might be just taking the tips of the fingers for example rather than the full hand and um but because of it being very stabilizing and grounding that method as well which is really important especially when you have um traumatic experiences that might come up it's important to be grounded so i don't know if you know EMDR and so, or the visualizations that, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly how it happens, but that's all in your, you have to imagine it. It's all in your mind as one. Well. You have to sh shake your eyes. Uh, well, where, where that can be really um, powerful. And I think like one of the most powerful um, trauma uh, methods, the benefit from this is that you can always see the picture it never flops like away or something like this. And there's a stability. And that's really important. So when something comes up, like um, something that's more intense and a feeling, um, you know, we have certain shapes that we give the client 
or give the painter to make and they then are in a particular form like let's they have to be very present like they have to be basically taking up two-thirds of the of the page and always has to be um a border around so that if it goes over the border then it's like almost like your emotions are overflowing over the border so you do want to kind of give it a nice um like border where it's like inside like it's safe inside right and um but at the same time it, if it's too small then the rest of it is overpowering it so there's some aspects of like how the paper and how the image on the paper has an impact on you in the body because when you're looking at it um your body will register the impact it has on you so sometimes you might feel i'm still how are you feeling now yeah i'm still feeling a little bit um anxious on and then okay let's let's make it bigger let's make it more present so that's actually there so it might feel to the client uncomfortable to make it bigger because it's 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 instantly an effect of like what you're experiencing the client has the has the connection to the paper to what they're painting completely as if they're painting themselves so it's like you but on paper and um, okay. your intuition is speaking with you and that's why the left hand even if you're left-handed but left hand is connected to your intuitive side and it's literally like you're speaking to your intuition and yeah as you let it grow if that's what it needs and every person might need something else um it you are acknowledging what is because we as people we try to run away from what we're feeling what's uncomfortable but by being present with it and actually letting it grow you almost not, notice that afterwards you're relaxing and you're like relieved and finally that little monster inside of us that we try to run away from is now present and doesn't look that scary anymore so then your eyes your system registers that it's okay and you've actually dealt with the feeling by going through with it so as if as if in real life you go through the challenge that you're fearful of that's kind of like something that you can do in paper there's uh, and 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 yeah and then you know they feel calmer and once the whole page is full um because there has to be paint everywhere and it's not with this method um the paint has to really cover everything so there shouldn't be any white space from between because that also makes um gives a an unsure sort of impact on you so that's also part of it yeah it's been studied for over 30 years so yeah so that's one one side of it and um, in other ways obviously you can um you can have an image that comes up for you and then you start to paint it and then you we look at it and then we can see a lot of of uh, of what's going on there like how if it's a figure or how does how's the figure standing and to proportion to what else you write you've painted there what's the relationship you might have dreams that you've dreamt you can bring them on paper and 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 find out who the dream was really about by asking the question there's been some crazy for me like personally my experience and, and the, the process i also had to need to go through um some really mind-boggling experiences just yeah i would have to obviously i don't i don't know how much time we have but i would have to explain that uh, that story <laughs> or those stories um to give you an example of it but it's something that until you experience um yeah you know i'm curious just if, because you're saying you you went through this and you being an artist if you have other creative people who have been led through this like it's a different thing because i think especially if you're a visual artist and you're you're trying to engage somebody with this medium 
to get them out of the space of like, okay, this isn't about you creating something that's a work of art, right? This isn't about your final product, if you will. This is really more about the process, right? I mean, did you have to wrestle with that yourself? And do you have to convince other people who are <laughs> coming in, you know what I mean? With that first thought of like, okay, I'm, I'm doing a painting here. And you're like, no, actually what we're trying to do is get to a, a bigger issue, right? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great point um, that you're raising because that's the reason why we use paper and not canvas, for example, because as soon as you have a canvas, it almost like creates this pressure in some way, it needs to become something. So that's like on a global scale, like every person who comes and uh, sits in front of a white canvas, like, you know, even uh, artists who've done it a lot, many times, but especially people who haven't done it for a while, you know, the, there's this pressure it needs to become something. We want to eliminate that as much as possible so that the person can just feel free to express what truly wants to come out without judging it, without censoring it, without anything. And yes, that is a, a constant thing that is, as the art therapist being next, you, you observe that as well. Sometimes they might have actually had a particular way of putting paint on and all of a sudden they choose different direction, like asking, what happened just there in that moment? Like, what, what were you thinking? And it might be that all of a sudden they were doubting, they were explaining, yes, I was doing this, but then I was doubting that that would be good to do. So I've decided to do something else. And at that moment, the mind has come in and, and censored it and judged it. And that's where we want to try then, okay, do the other thing again, to connect back with the intuition. Because that's exactly what we're doing. It's the process. It's not an aesthetic uh, um, uh, yeah, representation of anything here. It doesn't have to look any particular way. We're just looking at um, how is this um, impacting you? What is happening on the picture? You know, what was your intuition? And always trying to revert back to that, to what the intuitive, because sometimes those moments where you're judging, you're trying to avoid, again, to, to allow that um, tr true, whatever, true thing that wants to come out, to, to come out. And, um, and yeah, that happens all the time. In the beginning, it's, it, it feels very weird <laughs> right. for me myself in the beginning as well, but for people too. And, um, and that judging uh, mind it does, does keep coming in. But then after a while, you do get used to how the, the method obviously works. And, um, and you know as well, a part of it is as well that you shouldn't show the it's not like art that you want to then put onto, you can, <laughs> but it's not like art you want to put onto Instagram just for the reason of protecting yourself from the next time, not feeling a pressure to share it. And also it's not supposed to be judged by people. When people then say whatever it is or what, what is it's commenting on it, then it's actually, it's commenting on, on, on maybe a very vulnerable uh, spot like that you've gone through and you want to protect that as much as possible so really in the in the real rule book of that method i would say um we would say don't show it to people it's just for you it's just your internal process it's not for the uh, to be shown outside obviously you can do what you want but that's the advice and um and yeah that's why it's on paper <laughs> because mm -hmm. there is pressure yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah for sure um, I'm wondering too, so you've gone through this process, obviously, because having to teach it and, and guide other people through it, um, is this something you return to again for yourself or how is like creativity showing up in your own life for your own, like keeping track of your own mental health these days, like the cross section of, of creativity and mental health, what does that look like for you? Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. Actually it's, uh, 
yes, I've gone through this for the purpose of obviously doing the course, but but beyond that, I continue doing it because um, you know whenever there is something, a period of, that, that I find more difficult to to deal with, the best thing that helps me is reverting back to going to my art therapist, and uh, and I do this. I, I would always do this because. The power of it, it's just you know it's something that i can't do myself like yes i can sit and do my art which is therapeutic and beautiful and healing um and i do do that and i do do that more uh now than than before because as i said it's like crept up after i've been working with with artists that it became more um a thing for me too but art therapy um is something that i will always continue doing and um i i just felt that there's nothing better especially for somebody who's very emotional like I yeah I, I'm quite an emotional person but this art therapy has really balanced me out um obviously I've done also coaching and there's always something that I'm doing personal development wise I'm also applying um, you know Kabbalah um, spiritual tools which which I love and they've accompanied me since I don't know 2009 I think the mindset is important as well, but the emotional side of things and old traumas, for example, that I didn't know I had, <laughs> that's what really um, art therapy was able to give me access to. And also, you're not being given access to something that you're not ready to give access to. Um, that's something that I've learned as well on, on, on becoming an art therapist, going through the process myself. It's like every time there might be a moment where you're like surprised again, like, how how is this and what's the connection and where where does it come from and didn't realize that that was something that actually impacted you and 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 once you yeah you deal with it and and process it which this is such a power to do art is so beautiful it can do such magical things then you know you reprogram your system it's not something that's you know that that is actually hurting you by just being active like a silent active sort of <laughs> little um obviously it's not a monster it's just there it's lingering right. because it's stuck in you but in some way it's it's, it's making you behave and and mm -hmm. and feel things about certain things that otherwise if, if that wasn't there anymore you wouldn't feel reactive or you know or awful about certain things that you might now so and i and yeah it's just just it's just relieving like it's it, it it comes out of your system and um, and that's what art can do and and yeah so um i can't remember the question but I've, no <laughs> no that I've was perfect because yeah i was asking you about how that shows up in your own life and, and just you expanding on it i mean it sounds like it's more like a practice than it is a something you drop into and go okay i checked the box on that i did art therapy i worked through something i needed to work through and now let me just go on my merry way um it, it sounds like a tool and a practice that can be really helpful for someone to, like you said, unlock some things, I think that perhaps maybe they're not even aware of, uh, but because of behaviors and patterns and, you know, thoughts that keep reoccurring that are guiding them and how they're approaching life to start to address some of those deeper things. Um, that's pretty powerful stuff for sure. Um, yeah. So I applaud you in the work that you're doing with that. That's, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, now that you said it, I just wanted to, to say that obviously like the bigger body of work like let's say there was so much stuff that i haven't worked up like i haven't spoken for you know in that time of working through it that there might be big traumas big bodies of work like family things like you're all working through all of it and then obviously those things to that extent might not 
necessarily come back once you know you don't there might be other things like life happens and then you know that might bring some stuff up but it's it's interesting like now when things happen I instantly revert to that because I know the sooner I almost do it then it's it doesn't become like a deep down heavy layer that then will infiltrate through all the next thing coming up in my life so it's almost like a constant sort of yeah <laughs> clearing out the space um so yeah so yeah it's it's, it's wonderful <laughs> love it love it well, we're at the top of our time here. I mean, I felt like I could talk to you for days, of course. Uh, and like we we have before, I uh, had some some pretty great conversation. Um, but I want to make sure that people know where to find you and know a little bit more of uh, just how to, to get involved with some of the things that you're doing. So uh, where can people go to, to kind of get in your yes. or orbit? Sure. So a few different avenues like i tend to have millions of <laughs> instagrams but my main one that i'm on is the awakened artist academy so it's awakened.artist.academy on instagram that's where you can find me most active um i also have a website which is um www then it's my name maria katharina richters.com but there's also another link, which is artofyou.com. You always have um, a dash between art-of-you.com. Easier than my name. <laughs> and um, and yeah, so so I'm I'm I've got for for people who want to um, yeah activate their creativity. I guess I've got a 90 minute activation creativity activation call, which I'm opening now um, for a period of time. Um, but I'm always, always speaking with people openly. Like, and whenever you you want to send me a DM, I'm just open to, you know, to speak with you. And um, that's really what why I'm in this. Um, and uh, and yeah, I, I do have art therapy um, page as well. Um, but it's it's I'm not on there so often. But my art art therapy practice is is um, yeah as as open as the others. I just don't post so much on that or share so much on that but you can it's i'm just still the same person so you can find me via who, who would be um who would be the the perfect person for you know when you said the the 90 minute call to activate their creativity is this somebody who maybe has been away from it for a while wants to come back to it is it just somebody who's like thinks they want to be creative but they don't really know where to start like who, give us like yeah. a, a little bit more of a snapshot of who would be perfect for this yeah thanks for asking so yes it's absolutely some uh, it is for both it is for both because it's activating creativity that's in everyone but it is either for you you want to um you know bring creativity into your life if you felt like even like let's say you don't feel creative at all you don't feel it but you are interested in it and you would like to see how you can create a creative life for you how that looks like then that's absolutely for you because we would be um yeah seeing like where's the resistance and creativity like what would be your creative potential? Where might be curiosities be? As soon as we talk about it, you know, things come popping out. So I'm sure there is. So, so it's for you, but it's also for artists. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, artists who kind of may feel stuck or may feel like they want to bring back their creative. Because I, from my own personal experience, I know like even though we're artists and creatives and stuff doesn't mean that we always feel that creativity or that connection to it and it's very much about like a decluttering and like a getting off the cobwebs and seeing okay how can I bring my creativity back to, um, and even uh, just align myself to my truth going back to that aligning myself to aligning yourself to your truth 
so that you can bring your creativity out to flourish again because oftentimes when it's not that we might need to work through something else or shift a layer off here and there um so it's very much a reliving reviving of that creativity and activating it so that's why it's a creativity activating call for artists um as well as for people who feel they're not creative but trust me yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, I love that. That's awesome. And uh, I totally want to encourage people to jump on that opportunity to do that. Um, because as we talked about on this episode, I mean, creativity is so key to uh, so many areas of our life. It's not just creating a picture and selling it or, you know, engaging in something just simply to pass time, uh, especially when you're wired to be creative. And I think we're all creative people. It's just a matter of us recognizing and maybe sometimes redefining what creativity looks like and then leaning more into that so that it can show up in as many areas of our lives as possible. Um, so yeah. I love the work that you're doing. I love um, just how you're helping people and um, just applauding you and keep going. Love it. Thank you so much. Obviously the same goes to you and thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.